Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary Day 24. It's now been seven weeks, five days since I began my experiment to talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. When you come back from listening to my encouraging theme song, I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I want to talk about secrecy in compulsive overeating as well as success versus insecurities, magical thinking versus goals, and give a shout out to my new online friend, Cheryl. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a silent Hey there, brave companions. Those of you that are new to this podcast, welcome. Those of you who've been following around since day one, welcome to day 24. And this is kind of a bittersweet day for me because this marks having one more episode that I've recorded in Compulsive Overeating Diary than I did in my original podcast, Daily Adventure Tales. And those who've been following along this whole time know that it was a really emotional decision for me to put Daily Adventure Tales on hold. And my goodbye episode was actually episode 23. So I've hung in with you guys for one more episode than I did that one. So yay for me. I feel like I've got some follow through. And a great big reason for that is that some of you have stepped out from behind the secrecy in compulsive overeating to post or to call or to contact me and let me know that you are listening. And if you're sitting there on your hands thinking, well, it's kind of neat that people are talking to Lori, but I just like to listen. I got to tell you that it makes the all the difference in the world to making me want to continue and making me want to continue not only with this podcast, but with my own journey. Because like everyone else, I have my high days and my low days. And on the low days, I go back and reread what you've written, and I think about what you say, and I try to back up to come back here. And then there's sometimes when everything kind of goes silent, and nobody posts for a while, and I don't hear anything, or I don't see anything. And that's when I start to have this demon voice in my head giving me trouble. Now, part of my growth is going to be for me to learn how to tolerate that, for me to be able to encourage myself but I think it's like a training wheels on the bike. I think I still need that external knowledge from you that yes, I'm here, yes, it's doing good, even though many of you have stepped up and done it. So don't think I'm not grateful. I'm just disclosing to you that I have that as part of my makeup still at this moment that I get become full of self-doubt. And one reason that came to mind was actually one of my most active posters and communicators lately is my new online friend, Cheryl, from England. And I got to tell you, I just love Cheryl. She was the lady who, who uh, did the photo of the crocuses that so inspired me to go out and to take pictures of flowers myself. And we've been chatting back and forth, not only on Facebook, but she made the effort to come to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and posted her comments there on my about page. 
So if you come to the website and click on About, you will see Cheryl's in my conversation. And one of the things that she was talking about is it's a common theme that maybe the reason some people aren't comfortable posting or even emailing me is the secrecy involved with compulsive overeating. It's not just that you don't want your husband or wives or partners or friends or coworkers to maybe accidentally discover you on a compulsive overeating site, but some of us don't even want to admit it to ourselves that we actually have an issue with food. We like to tell ourselves, oh, I just love food or, you know, I just, I'm on the seafood diet. I see food and I eat it, that kind of thing. And while I do know there are some that just do plain overeat because they like food, a lot of overeating can be traced to emotional eating or different reasons. And that's what I'm trying to attack in this podcast. And another thing about secrecy is that Cheryl told me about a show in England called Secret Eaters. And I was amazed. This is where they actually film people and get have PIs follow them around and get the evidence of just how much they've actually eaten from a third-party standpoint. Now, I've, ex- I've experienced this kind of myself, not having PIs follow me around. But I keep a food diary when I'm trying to stay within my weight loss range. And I will estimate how much I've eaten. And every time I go back to weighing and measuring every single thing that I eat, I find out that some of my estimates might be down by 10 to 20% of the calories that I've been eating. So it's pretty interesting to see what some people think they've been eating and what they are eating. Now, to be honest, when Cheryl first mentioned this show, I thought, this is horrible. This is like my version of hell to have somebody follow me around and then confront me with all the food that I've been eating on television. That would be just awful. You know, so I got that shivers going down my spine. It's one thing for me to tell you guys, yeah, I had a horrible binge and the space aliens came down and took over my body. But to actually have that on camera and have everybody see me while I'm stuffing my face and seeing the containers that are how much I've been eating all day, that would definitely be a slap in the face, really hard to take. And so I do admit that we're all on a continuum. I'm definitely not ready to call secret eaters and volunteer to be filmed, but I think I am pretty comfortable or becoming more comfortable telling you exactly what I'm up to. And I have to give you the good news. I did have a binge almost a week ago, and as I reported last episode, I was up half a pound from that. I got weighed today, and I'm actually down that half a pound and another one. So now in my seven weeks, five days of podcasting, I'm down to 213 pounds. That means I'm 12 pounds down. Now, Cheryl and other people over in England, I have no clue how much a stone is. So I'll have to go look that up to see how many stone it is that I weigh. And have I lost a stone yet? I don't know, but I've lost 12 pounds. So that is kind of cool because that makes me a little over halfway to getting back to where I was. This whole podcast started because I gained 23 pounds more than I was six months ago. Well, I guess eight months ago now because I started this almost two months ago, but I gained 23 pounds when my husband retired, and that was 23 pounds over my overweight, so I wasn't feeling very comfortable, and I wanted to do something about it, but I didn't have the heart to go on just another diet. I wanted to see if maybe 
podcasting and talking could help me get to the root of some of my emotional overeating and to see if that could help me to have less binging behavior, see if that would help me have an eating plan that wasn't so rigid and so hard for me to stick to so that I could try to integrate into my life something that was livable. And I'd have to say, right now I think that it is succeeding, but I'm still reverting into some of my old behaviors. And Cheryl talks about that too, because she, like many of us, was successful at dropping some weight. And then things that triggered insecurities arose. And that's happened to me too. Like, you know, one minute I'm on the moon because you guys posted a nice review on iTunes. The next minute I'm down in the dumps thinking, well, that was just an anomaly and this podcast is crap and I'm worthless and not worth anything. Okay, so any kind of thing can plunge you into securities. And what happens when we become insecure is we go right back down the rabbit hole and turn to food. If that is our habit, that's what we do. That's what I did. That's what many of us have done. Like, raise your hand out there in podcast land. If you have actually been successful losing 10, 20, 50, 100 pounds, you've lost some amount of weight and felt good about yourself, but then that weight came back. And sometimes it comes back plus more. And it's because our same habits are there, our same ways of coping are there, and the weight loss happened because we were forcing ourselves to follow an eating plan or an exercise plan or to cut out all carbs or back in the day, all fats, whatever that might be. Go to Slimming World, go to Weight Watchers, go to Calorie King, go to Spark People. Whatever you're doing to limit your food, if it's something that you're putting on from the outside, in the back of your mind, at least for me, I tend to get this feeling like someday this is going to be over. I'm going to lose this 20 pounds. I'm going to lose this 50 pounds. I'm going to lose this 100 pounds. And then, yahoo, my work is done. And the little bumps in the road can throw me off. I find this especially true when I'm having success. Like let, I told you that my calories are about 1,500 is what I aim for. And I do that because I know I'm likely to be 10% under on my reporting. And 1650 is about the highest I can go with my level of exercise and still lose a pound a week. So I aim for 15. And let's say that I've had a perfect eight days in a row. So I'm congratulating myself. Yahoo, I'm wonderful. I feel great. I have this, this eight days in a row of perfect eating. Then comes a social event where I eat too much or I have a little emotional hiccup where I have an extra ice cream bar or do something that breaks my perfect streak. Perfection goes really hand in hand with compulsive overeating. So I break my, comp- my perfect street- streak and next thing you know, the bags of chips are coming out, the ice cream's coming out. I get this feeling like I've blown it, so I might as well just eat everything in the world that I've been wanting to eat for the last eight days that I haven't been eating. And next thing you know, I've got a huge, huge amount of calories that have wiped out my eight days of trying to eat under what I burn. Has that ever happened to you? I don't even have to ask. That's rhetorical. I know that's happened to you. If you've had any kind of weight loss or have any issues with food, that has happened to you. And perfectionism can really get in your way. And another thing that can get us with perfectionism is this whole idea about positive thinking, what I would call magical thinking. You know, like 
putting a vision in your mind, having the vision board, all of that is really good. It's good to put in your mind things to train your mind to have a positive image of where you want to go. But it can also lead to this magical thinking. Like if I just repeat to myself, I am size 8, I am size 8, I weigh 140, I'm size 8, I'm 140, I wear, I wear, wear size 8. I say this over and over again. And yet today, I weigh 213 and I wear a size 18W in a dress and a loose 20W in a pant. Sometimes when we have this magical thinking and overly positive thinking to ourselves, then we feel disappointed when what we are trying to create in our mind does not come to pass. It's a little bit stressful. So I think a better approach, at least for me, is to not have an end goal so much in my mind as much as to have a behavioral goal, something that I can trigger myself. So a goal to me might be if I have a binge or if I have a compulsive eating episode, or if I eat calories over my eating plan, I'm going to journal it through or talk it through and try to find out why. That's something that I can do no matter what. I might be resistant to it. I might even take a couple of days away, but it's something I can do no matter what. It's not out of my control. To say I'm gonna step on the scale and lose one pound every single week that's not really in my control because even if you are perfect on your eating plan and exercise, sometimes your body is holding on to weight or you've been holding on to water or another reason why your scale may not go down immediately that week. Now, if that happens, usually you'll drop a bigger amount the following week, but you've got no control over what the scale is going to do in the short term. By our choices that we make today and consistently, we have control over what that scale is going to do in the long term. So magical thinking is putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Magical thinking is, is believing that impossible things are going to happen. And I think a part of my magical thinking in the past, since I was heavy for all of my life, was thinking that if I ever got thin, if I ever got to a normal weight, all the other issues in my life would magically disappear. I would now be smarter, I would be more outgoing, I'd be more popular, I'd get the promotion, I'd get true love, I would have tons of friends. All of the things that I thought I didn't have because I was fat and ugly, or fat and bad, or fat and fat, whatever you want to say, I thought when I got thin, this would disappear. Well, I've shared with you when I was between 40 and 42, I lost 130 pounds and I was a size eight, both in pants and in a dress. In fact, I might've been size six in a dress. I was slender and I kept that off for more than a year. And some things did improve because I felt more confident. I was also more cold. Let me tell you, I was freezing as a thin person. <laughs> I didn't know that, but my life didn't change radically. Just being smaller, just being able to fit in with society, it had some advantages. I could sit in any chair, something I enjoy. But the issues that I had because of my psychological problems or things that I had had experience in the past and hadn't processed, those still were there. So some of those habits were still there. Even some of the image of myself 
as a fat person was still there. And I think that contributed somewhat. That's why this time around with you, brave companions, I am trying to be as honest as I can to have an accurate picture of myself, both good and bad. Am I the fattest person in the world? No. Am I obese? Yes, I'm medically obese. I have a high body fat percentage. Right now I think I'm around 46% and that's too high. I need to do some more work there with my weightlifting and build some muscle tone as well as losing some fat to get into something that would be more comfortable for me, more healthy for me. My blood work last time around was pretty good. That's good news. That means I'm pretty healthy. But I'm also someone who can take a risk. As you see, for me, podcasting my thoughts and feelings to this whole darn world. And I'm also someone who's intensely insecure. Hence my wish that you guys would post me every single day and give me a phone call every single day so that I would know that I'm doing well. Part of that is just like market research. Yes, it's worth it to keep podcasting because it's helping people. But part of that's really insecurity and liking to have that outside validation. I'm working on that. I'm really working on that. Well, I think the time has come for me to wrap it up for today. But I did want to ask you, if any of you are on Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, it's a combination of speaker and I don't know what else, but S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. K-E-R.com, and I'll put the link on the website here on day 24. If you're on there, would you go there and follow me? You can find me by searching for Lori Weaver, L-A-U-R-I-E-W-E-A-V, like Victor E-R, or Compulsive Overeating Diary, because I'd like to submit my show to iHeartRadio. If I do that, I think I could reach thousands of people who might be suffering and would like to have the companionship of this podcast. But part of the thing is you're supposed to have at least 100 followers. And I have exactly zero followers on Spreaker. So if you're on there, if you could follow me, I would very much appreciate it. In the meantime, don't think magically, but do think positively. I wish for you success. If you feel insecure, feel free to email me at laurie at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com or post or call the Bravery Hotline, 206-350-6445. And it doesn't have to be a compulsive overeating story. It can simply be, hi, Lori. <laughs> Either way, I would be just as delighted to hear from you. So you guys go out, have a great day. Take care, because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. Ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone and won't be holding on to anything again. I'm letting go. I'm letting go.
inside.